0: The FM Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to The Evolution. Here's Sean Black.
1: What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution. Welcome back to another show. And it's been a second, and I'm excited to be back with my buddy, my friend, Jim Robinson. What's up, Jim Robinson? Hey, I'm glad to be here, man. This is an exciting day today. Mondays are always you the know, best day of the week. Loaded with opportunities. opportunities. are. Mondays are outstanding. Love the Mondays, man. Get going. Uh, As always, you know, I love having you on. We usually have you on Fridays. I'm excited to have you on on Monday. It's a nice change of pace. For those who don't know Jim yet, Jim is an author, certified coach, speaker, CEO of CGP Maintenance Construction Services, Inc. And of course, you know, has had a huge role in leading a nonprofit organization for a long time. So yeah, thank you. A lot of stuff. Yes, sir. Today we're going to be talking about kind of a trending topic for leaders right now. It's 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 relevant based on the workforce and what's going on with the workforce today. Our t- our team members, and it's really about how leadership keeps the team engaged and 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 optimally performing, and and what it's going to take to do that. And so I kind of wanted to start off with a question for you on your leadership style and. Because everyone, I feel like, has a different way of doing things, for sure. There's no question, right? And every leader uh, who's a good leader learns from other other leaders, but they also have their own unique style. And so I wanted to see if you could share an example of when your leadership style helped you keep tim- a team member engaged uh, and performing at their best. And maybe you could talk a little bit about your leadership style. Well, I've always kind of classified my leadership style as
2: completely autonomous. So we want to be clear in where the company's going, numbers, targets. What are we doing? Who are we going to serve? How do we add value? That's the discussion most generally is how are we going to add value? If we can't, we got to part ways. we got to make sure that we're not soliciting something that we're not going to add a value to their life. Uh, We always say we want the uh, client to burn less calories. Burn less calories. That means we're going to take care of them. And if we can't, then we don't go after it so really autonomous that's that's how i do things that's how i interview or that's how um, our team interviews we want to make sure they function people function very uh, independently we look for initiative right out of the gate and we you know metaphorically we say will they grab the broom and not so remedial but we want to make sure they'll grab the broom meaning they'll they'll jump right in and if we see that happening, that really aligns well with us because it's, uh, I am autonomous. I don't want to get in everybody's business all day long. That's not my style. I don't have time. I don't want to do it. It's painful. But we need to see, you know, that people are really thriving and going at it. Otherwise, I do lean in pretty heavy. I lean in to really correct the ship. And we do that usually very quickly. And sometimes that causes frustration, which helps create growth and change. And, Sometimes we need to change people or people decide they need a different change because they want to be led differently. So a lot of things, a lot of opportunities there, but I'm an autonomous leader. That's how I
1: classify myself. With all the people that you have led, is there, and it's tough, you can't really narrow down to one story, but do you have a good story of where your engagement really helped that person, you know, perform at their very best?
2: Well, we have probably hundreds of stories of people that we've impacted their lives in one form or fashion. They've either gone on to run different companies. Some of them have that I've had the opportunity to lead went on to run Caltrans at the you know, state of California, the highest level, two of them. We turned out two of them. And they came to me as uh, entry-level maintenance techs and ultimately retired in the last couple of years actually retired with with full you know full uh, retirement from the state of California and they reached their highest peak which was full leadership and ran the entire southern california divisions so nice. we turned out some really really high end people they've gone on to do amazing amazing things and that's the totality of the team. It's, it's that drive because some of my weaknesses are filled in by others on the team. And uh, that's, that's really how we do it. It's, the team, it's a team effort. But autonomous really is important to leadership. If you squeeze people, you squeeze the creativity right out of them. And mm-hmm. then they really have to have somebody that's guiding their daily activities. That's not what we're about. We don't have time to do that. We're fixers. We need to
1: go fix problems, not each other. So, being such a, a, a you know having a leadership style that is so autonomous with your with your your team, uh, and having them be autonomous, how do you balance giving them direction and then uh, and then really allowing them to take ownership of their work? Like, what's that process look like for you? How do you balance that out?
2: Well, there's for me, there's no allowing them to take ownership of what they do. It's it's an expectation they understand up front that they need to own that. They struggle. We, we say not me was on the payroll at one point because (laughs) not me as the person that, you know, as soon as you say, Hey, what happened? Oh, not me. Well, have not me come see me. I need to talk to not me, (laughs) but it's so important that we uh, show them right out of the gate. When they first come to work with us, whether it's an entry-level position or an executive level, they need to understand, one, there's full accountability for whatever you do. And I'll pat you on the back as soon as I see the accountability and we'll reinforce that behavior. It's really, really important that I see that very, very much up front. And I've had, you know, the entry-level stuff saying, whoa, I messed this up, and he just came and thanked me for owning that. And it's over the years, I've even, you know, they've come to me and they said, you know, the one thing I could change is that I speak to you very clearly. I tell you what I need to do or how I see it, and what I did. And I see it as a one hell of an opportunity to learn. And we can beat people up all day. We can just get rid of people. There's all kinds of options, but the true growth, we're in the trades business. The trades business is very much hands-on and accountability. And if there's some ownership in that, wow, kudos. We're all going to make mistakes. It's how you own it is the difference. So we allow that,
1: but we enforce that. We have a high expectation of that. Nice. With every team and balancing out that type of leadership, no matter what happens, we're all humans. We all make mistakes and we all have challenges. How do you as a leader or how do you recommend leaders handle conflict or challenges within a team? Well, if I see there's
2: some conflict directly within the team, I just set them all down. I I don't, there is no time for the gossip that he said, she said. That's a very much a painful thing for me. I don't, I don't live in that space well at all. It's really important. I just say, come in here. What'd you say? What's the issue? Let's address it. Let's get to the bottom of this. And you know from being on the team that that's how I do it. I don't, I don't, I don't sugar those things (laughs) up. If there's some heartburn, let's address it right now. Let's just see it for what it is. Let's address it, confront the challenge, find a way forward and let's go.
1: I've been, uh, I've been in that seat. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, sometimes it is an uncomfortable seat to be in, but I will say, at the end of the day, I I I like the way it's handled. I, you know, I am a very uh, high D, and so that kind of communication for me is great. I love it. Like get into it, and I think not all people will will love it, but I think resolving the conflict and, and doing it the way you do it is very straightforward. Yeah, and it, it does bring things to to a head, and you really can see a lot that's going on with the team interaction and be yeah. able to observe. Well, keep in dynamic. mind, the high D is the very reason there's a conflict.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, know. It's, <laughs> the, they're the ones sometimes causing that conflict. And yeah, so good and bad. they typically yeah. respond well to that time of interaction for corrective uh, corrective action as well. So yeah. those high Ds, <laughs> there's a few on the team, by the way, is yes. um, it's, it's important just to be direct because that's how they relate best. It hurts feelings. Uh, that's fine. That, that usually lasts yeah. for a few minutes. The D usually recovers very quickly. They have a "what was me" moment, but then they move on. So that's just how I do it. I, that's how I've really always done it. And sometimes you got to be a little more sensitive because you got somebody a little softer, maybe. But it doesn't change how I do it. I still put everybody together. Say, here's what we're going to do. If it's something insignificant or small, you know, in nature, I just say, hey, call them. Let's get this resolved. Tell me what the outcome is. But it's still direct communication. I, I, don't, I don't mess around. If it festers very long, it c- creates toxicity, and that spreads to the rest of the team. Not
1: interested. Yeah, that's not a good way to go. Well, you're talking about communication, and that leads me into something I want to ask you is, is really about prioritizing communication. And, you know, and finding the way, in what way do you prioritize communication with your team?
2: Well, there's reporting every week that, spells out the expectations of what we're looking for again those are re- autonomous reports like setting a goal on monday and closing out on friday that's very autonomous the only rule is is you have to do it so it doesn't matter what you put in there and i influence that to the so the people that's been doing it a while i tend to influence what the content is because i know they have the capability to grow and that setting that goal is a big growth thing it's not for my reading pleasure It's for the growth of the individual. So clarity in that is really important. Getting your weekly reports in, those are priority communication devices. They tell me how the team is performing individually and as a team. So all of that content that, you know, it's autonomous how you produce it. You have a timeline to produce it. You have a closeout on what you've produced. And there's a communication style. So those are all priorities, and we that's how we prioritize. If you get that content, and we have a set of standards, and those standards are, you meet those standards, you'll far surpass the client demand. And those standards are somewhat limited. There may be 10 different standards of timing and communication, who does what and when. Now, all you got to do is deliver on those, and those become the priorities every week. Same thing.
1: What about your communication back to the team? As you're reading these reports, how do you prioritize? You're like, ooh, I need to lean in here. Or, ooh, these guys are doing good. I need to tell them that they're doing good. Yeah. Or do they need that? Yeah.
2: So reporting is one of the things that I will assess as, hey, great job. Thank you for the timing. Making sure that they're seeing those uh, the remedial tasks at some level, just putting in a report. Yeah. Other people, it's even though it's a remedial task, they make it like they're climbing the rockiest mountain in the world. <laughs> Mount Everest is the report. It's unbelievable yeah. how they make it out to be so <laughs> difficult. But so that's the lean in. And so as soon as I see they're doing that well, that's where I lean in. Much like the same thing is, is we review team every week and then we do a more formal review on a monthly basis. And we decide as a team who do we need to lean in on who do we need to support what do we need to clarify as the next steps in their education journey for me my core my core value of why I get up every day is to grow people through education and experience and so everything we do is based on growth and experience so all reporting is based on growth and experience so Everything that we've designed over these years, it follows that line. The same expectation for the reporting, the Monday goal setting, the Friday closeout. It's all based on growth. Everything together in its totality is growth and experience. So it's, we're very consistent in the patterns in what we do. People, as a general rule, struggle sometimes. And so those are the struggles that I'll lean in on as to, as a discovery. Why are we struggling to get there? What's going on?
1: That's where the juice is. That's
2: where the juice is. Consistency in, in, you know, why we do what we do, why I get up every day is having that consistency. And it is about growth and experience and that's through education and, you know, experiences. And I encourage experiences. I provide experiences, whether it's a hotel or a, eats or a flight or a conference it's we we
1: provide a lot of experience stuff i love that all right so we're up against a commercial break we're going to break for a second just to thank our show sponsors and we'll be right back
0: did you know that cgp maintenance and construction services are also commercial plumbers they added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig-ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on-site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready, and because they are a maintenance company, They can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today.
1: Welcome back, guys, to the show. This is Sean Black, I'm your host of FM Evolution. And uh, we're back today talking with Jim Robinson, CEO, author, speaker, certified coach, And we're talking about, you know, leadership topic, keeping teams engaged and optimally performing. I think it's a big deal right now is really engaging your teams and staying connected with them and learning about them and being involved with them. It's huge, especially right now in today's culture. I mean, more important, I think, than it's been in a long time. And one of the things that I want to bring up in doing that, and I think you do something very, do this very well, is helping them, your team engage is setting goals. For you, how do you go about setting goals for the team and ensuring that they are met?
2: So their goals are pretty much the core values of how we take care of our client. Those are structured goals. Other than asking each team member to turn in a goal on Monday and follow up on Friday, they have a certain set of criteria they have to follow. And that is a goal every single week to make sure we're meeting or exceeding the needs of our clientele. When we, when we compromise those, that's where I have to lean in more or their team um, management, that has, their leadership has to lean in on that. As far as setting company goals, we use what we consider the executive board or the leadership team and us as a group decide and prioritize what our company goals are and what the departmental goals are so from business development to operations to finance etc we define all of those areas and we meet on a weekly sometimes biweekly basis we do an offsite from time to time we have one coming up we have plans of involving more of the office team to also set goals for themselves to be able to help ease that pain of trying to write a goal is uh, it's not intended to be painful. It's intended to create a little frustration, so we do have growth. But so that's really how we do it, and that's what we've done for a really long time, actually. Other than early on, I I was the goal setter and set all the standards, set all the goals, and then I would just you know spell that out to everybody. Here's what the expectations are, and then as we got big enough, we started involving more of the team members to help define that. It's a journey for all of us. And I also found, you know, early on that as I age, as I start to age out of the role or, you know, being youthful and staying super current is making sure we have those people on the team. Um, So we have to be really diverse in how we do things and make sure they're
1: contributing differently. That's how we set our goals, team and company-wide. I tell this story often when I'm talking to people about goals and, uh, you know, I've been in a professional environment for almost 30 years and setting goals. Yeah, you set goals, especially if you're in sales, marketing, whatever that's you got to do that. But it wasn't until I started uh, really working here eight years ago where we really consciously sat down as a team and started setting goals. And, you know, coming from the outside end, it's like, oh, what was what it? What, what, is, what is this? But now. It's so crazy to me how other people I engage with don't do this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not the norm, like writing a goal and 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 really getting traction on that goal and then completing it and then setting it again. It's how you keep your team engaged, working towards, you know, a a, a singular purpose. And and I didn't really have that before coming here. And so knowing that that is such a huge part of leading your team and and not really realizing it until even till recently now as you as I'm talking with others and and you know they're telling me, "Oh, wow, I'm really I'm really kind of in a slump, I'm disengaged." I'm like, "Well, what's your goal?" You know, what what you know what are you doing for goals? What do you mean? <laughs> okay, well let's start there. So, you know, that's crazy, that kind of engagement and, and really helping your team and uh, motivating them that way. I think it does. You're doing a tremendous service to them.
2: Yeah, I mean, First statistically, time. we know those numbers. It's uh, less than 3% of the population actually write a goal. So yeah. it's to come across somebody, there's, there's I don't have 3% of the population on my team. It's they all struggle to write a goal. It's complicated. It's complex. They overthink it. They think they Mm -hmm. have to write a book every time they set up a goal. And my father was where I learned it from. And he probably learned it from his father. My father would write it on the back of a piece of scratch paper. And we had thousands of pieces of scratch paper when he passed away. And they were goals and activities. He tracked all the, he journaled nonstop and he, I do the same thing and I'm confident that's where I was ingrained in me was through my father and being able to write those goals is my nature. It isn't Mm -hmm. normal for anyone on our team. It just isn't because if there's really only 3%, that's three out of a hundred people that out of the hundred plus people we work with every day. Do do I really have three on the (laughs) team that actually write goals? No, that's crap if it's 3% of the world population that actually do this, you know, the it's uh it's pretty amazing. So it is a journey and it's continually talking about it because the more you talk about it, one, it, it becomes part of their thought process. And Absolutely. when it becomes sort of, you know, once they finally take initiative to start writing something down, it's really critical. Journaling is the other thing. I think it's less than 1% people journal and that, Journaling clears your brain. It just clears you so you can, one, you can re, recapture it later. You can go back and reflect on things and what, were, what was I thinking? Or, whoa, that's mm-hmm. powerful. Can I use that some a way to serve somebody? And um, so goals in journaling kind of go hand in hand. But you need to do both. And it doesn't have to be fancy and sexy. And it doesn't have to be that you're going to take it to the county fair and put it on display. It just has to be done. That's all it is.
1: I love that. It's a cool analogy. <laughs> well, listen, I want to talk about work environment. All of this really is is talking about creating this environment for people and keeping them engaged, inspiring and motivating your team. Right. I, you know, we've had this conversation before, but what kind of strategies do you use to inspire and motivate team members that, that work for you?
2: Uh, recognition, awards um challenges challenges are really key they need to be challenged otherwise they burn out and then clarity in the expectations always having a growth expectation and then clarifying it and some of it for sales of course it's always a number base for teams it's client engagement it's numbers base it's um volume of uh, value that we add to a client. So how do we clarify that? We put numbers and everything. How, you know, what are we going to, how much value can we add to this client? That's our focus. And we get clear on what those expectations are. That's how we do it, basically.
1: Love that. The, I'm glad you bring that up because I know recognizing team members, especially now has been, I'd say in my career, it's shifted a lot, you know, uh, from, the type of recognition to how you're being recognized to why you're being recognized, (laughs) you know, all of that's really shifted. How do you, for you, how do you foster like a positive and supportive work environment for that team? Like, what is it, how does that work in, in recognition?
2: You know, this thing is uh, evolving rapidly weekly. And, yeah. uh, generationally it's very different and we're trying to pay attention to that as well as how to, you know, generationally what kind of recognition, but personality wise as well. My wife works, yeah. my wife works as a DOD contractor and their CEO, which is in London came to San Diego to award her a token mm-hmm. and my wife We've been married 37 years. She's seen us build this company and do a lot of things. And she was in wow that a CEO came to see her. I had a reminder she's married to a CEO. (laughs) Didn't matter. (laughs) But for somebody like her to receive the token and really appreciate receiving that from the CEO was really an eye opener for me. And the eye-opener was is that it it can be small. It doesn't have to be a car. It can be something small that really is based on, they use the little trophy as I'm holding up my fingers. That trophy is a recognition device, monumental thing. And it's uh, simplistic, yet a super powerful. So it's we're evolving better and more as of recent that how we're doing it we do it on a monthly basis we do for the for the folks in the field we do kind of you know eat cards money stuff just momento stuff and so working on that and it will continue to evolve as we move forward
1: yeah and i think that is it kind of brings me to my last thing i want to really talk about before we wrap up cuz it's already it's already that time. Okay. Can you believe it? how Let's fast these go? That's really about adapting, and you know we always talk about you know a lot of innovation and changing and being able and being flexible here, and in work environment you really have to. But adapting leadership styles uh, is interesting to me because uh, you know how do you do that? Like how do you adapt your leadership style to fit the needs of of the team uh, and the project at hand? Like, do you feel like you shift how you lead certain people versus like you have a set of, of uh, people in finance? Are you leading them differently than you would lead your, your sales team, for example?
2: Yeah. Expectations never change. My core values never change. I don't compromise who I am to be able to lead somebody. I flex my leadership skills and style based on the need of the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, If I need to be direct, I'm fully capable of being incredibly direct. If I need to soften that, I have to work on that a little bit more. But some people just need to have a conversation and it needs to be much softer. Other people need a really direct bullet point type of conversation, be clear on what the expectations are and the outcome that is expected Other ones, you have to ask, you know, are you clear? Can you tell me what the expectations of your understanding? So, yes, you have to have flexing. Uh, You have to pay attention to the need of the individual that's truly serving them. And if you serve them, they're going to serve your customer. But it's, it's important to flex that, but never compromise the goal or the core value. And mine is grow you through education and experience. And I'm going to give you an experience. I'm going to make sure I'm growing you through education and opportunity. I never compromise that based on somebody's personality characteristics. I won't. And so we, I definitely have to use a flex in how I lead from direct to very soft and anything in between, but I never, never what the intentions are
1: to do. Do you feel like if you're talking to, you know, young leaders are coming up and and growing with companies right now, do you feel like they, what's the best way for them to learn how to be flexible? I mean, I, I think it's a skill you have to really work on because like you said, you have core values and that's who you are and you are a manager, you're a leader, you got there for a reason because of those core values. Yeah. But then how do you, what's the best practice for kind of really shifting and learning to communicate and and lead others differently. Key. Uh,
2: the key you know, is the key. Really, when I coach people up, is what are your true core values? And I do a little discovery process to to learn that. But you you have to before you lead anybody, you have to be an excellent follower. You have mm-hmm. to be a superb follower, and this is critical that you really follow well because other leaders. in the the time and space, whatever you're doing, it could be the new person that just came to your company at an entry level may be leading the moment. And you got to pay attention to that. So there is a discovery, but your core values will speak before anything else. And if you're going to lead, so new managers coming up and feeling like they're going to lead at some point, they need to be crystal clear in what their own core values are. And define them, be able to to uh, say them openly, freely. Somebody asks you, you know, what, you have to be able to say what it is and why you walk this earth. And if you're not clear in that, you're not going to end up being a leader. You're going to continue to manage and manage process as it's dictated by somebody else, or clarified or you know written by somebody else. Leading is the ability to influence the process and the individual that's running the process. So you got to be able to be crystal clear first in what your true core is. Why are you here? Why do you walk this earth? If you define that, I can show you how the leadership style will start to come up. But that's first. It's critical.
1: Well, it's great advice. It's good advice. And again, I will tell you, just from my own personal experience, that a lot of people don't, necessarily know who they really are yeah. <laughs> you know you never really stop to take the time and ask that question who am i like who am i for real like like and looking in the mirror and being honest with yourself yeah not lying. yeah i'm really yeah i'm good looking man mm, yeah I'm skinny <laughs> very handsome you know no 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 let's just be like, have a good conversation yeah. with yourself what are your core values i think it's, a, it's brilliant
2: we we do the five whys i think we've put you through this Probably more oh, yeah. more than once, and uh, yeah. it, you know why did you say that? You know, here's my core value, but why do you believe that? And then when you come up with that answer, you but why do you believe that? And then you go five wise deep. If you're five wise into the answer, you'll be on a hell of a discovery to where you actually truly understand your core value and why you're really here. It could be singular. It could be a very simple word. It could be multiple phrases. It, it, there's no rules. But the discovery has a set of rules to get you there and it can accelerate that. But go five Y's. Just say, you know, here's what I here's my core value. Here's what I believe. Why do you believe that? And then ask that a couple of times deep, and then you'll you'll see what their true core
1: why you believe that. Yeah, doing that exercise and then really fundamentally writing down your core values and then prioritizing those and looking at those and going, holy crap. Freedom is my number one, man. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. And then really trying to understand things and, and where they, where they are. You know, some people may be like, I need variety all the time. Like I need, I need to have change in my life to be, to be happy, but not knowing that, not writing it down, not going through the exercise. It's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it opens your, your eyes to, to the world like in a, in a way you've never seen it before. It's yeah. crazy. And it amazing? opens your, your heart and your mind so you can serve mm-hmm. differently. Because
2: if your core value is freedom, that's what you're going to give other people. Exactly. Yeah. And when you finally recognize some of that stuff, that's the only time you're actually going to impact lives. You have to understand that. And then you got to, then there's a hell of a journey beyond that. And Mm -hmm. learning one, you got to go, you got to get educated. You got to be able to do certain things. You got to get educated by the really smart people to teach you how to coach, how to do certain things for other people and truly serve in the capacity of what your core is. And your core is what you stand on all day long. And your coaching ability is based on one experiences and it's based on some kind of level of education in, in the
1: space. Yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Value bombs by Jim Robinson, buddy. There you go. Love it. Love it. Not a bad Monday. All right. Not a bad Monday. Let's get, let's get to work now. <laughs> let's go do something. I Yeah, things to do. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today, man. I can't wait to have you back on again. We have some great stuff to talk about, some very juicy topics coming up. And so I'm excited to get into that. For all of those who are uh, listening on your favorite podcast platform, if you love the information that's coming to us, give us a like, leave us uh, uh, you know some comments. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to use those comments to talk about topics, especially for leadership topics for Jim. And then if you're watching on YouTube, hey, don't forget to hit the little bell to get notifications so you can get great content from Jim Robinson coming up there in your feed from everyone here at FM evolution. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me. We'll see you guys next time. See you later. Thank you.